This is the plaintiff, Brian. He says he purchased an advertised, unopened, a rosy gaming chair from the defendant. And the guy royally ripped him off. The chair was scratched. It was missing pieces. And this louse refuses to refund his hard-earned 225 bucks. So he's suing. This is the defendant, Joshua. He says he had an extra brand new still in the sealed box gaming chair, and he sold it to the plaintiff at a very fair price. He has no idea why the plaintiff is suing him, because he's always been straight with the guy. He opened the sealed box himself, and if he scratched the chair, that's on him. He's accused of false advertising. All parties, please use your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The litigants are not actors. They are involved in legitimate disputes, and they have agreed to have those disputes settled here in our forum, the People's Court. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. All right, Brian, you decided you wanted to buy a gaming chair, and uh, the defendant, Joshua, was selling one. What site did you find it on? Uh, Craigslist. Okay, and the price that Joshua was asking was what? Uh, we agreed to 225. All right, and uh, it was your understanding that it was a new chair, correct? New, unopened, unused chair. Okay, so you get to the location for pickup and money transfer, and according to you, what do you see about the chair that disturbs you? Um, well, when I, so he, he he drags it out into the lobby. You know, I meet him at his complex. You know, so he drags it out to the lobby, and um, you know, before. On my way up there, I asked him, I told him, like, hey, I'm going to want to open the box up, you know. Um, so when he brings it out in the lobby, I do so. And really, you know, I'm just looking for something uh, was major. That, was it previously sealed? Like, was it a sealed box before you opened it up? No, so it was taped back together. So, again, when Tapes he brought it out, together. it was obvious to me. Yeah, so it was, that part, was, was, at that point, I already kind of knew, yeah, this is not new, unopened, because it was taped back together. So then when I opened it, okay. like, like where you know, it had, the box has slots where certain things are supposed to go, and those and pieces were out of the slots. So it's like again, I know whatever. But for me, against it's Craigslist, so I already, even though he said it was, I already do it one. Cool, that wasn't my beef. My thing was like, hey, <laughs> I your just standards need to make sure are lower on Craigslist. Yeah, because you know, you you, you know what you kind, you know, it, it can be that way. Yeah. So for me, it was mainly like, hey, I just need all the parts. So cool. So what I was able to do was. For the most part, just give us a, a, a slight look through it. But there really wasn't no way for me to know if anything was really missing unless I assembled that chair in that hallway. So, and it was able to cross reference, you know, with the manual, what goes in there, what doesn't. So, I wasn't able to find that out until I got home and, like, actually try to assemble it. And then what happened? When you got home, did you try to assemble it right away? No. So, when I got home, um, I took the chair home, and during this time, like, I was basically working a lot. Also, um, my uncle had cancer, so I was doing a lot of stuff. I wasn't able to just go home the same day and do it. So maybe like on the, maybe like five days or later or so is when I actually was able to assemble it at my house. Um, and when I did that, and what do you the realize and, then? So immediately then is when I realized, hey, there's no tools. There's no, there's the, the key, the thing that I needed to assemble it wasn't there. So then again, it's like, okay, that's how I know it's not new, unopened again. That, like that was another flag for me. Um, so at that point I tried to at least just assemble what I could, you know, and that was more so the base of it. And as I was trying to put together the base of it, I realized that 
the cone that goes to the base of it uh, with the pump that was missing then too. So at that point, I couldn't I couldn't okay. assemble nothing of it. So. Okay, so I have a picture up. You right. had what's in the bottom, but you didn't have in the box. Uh, they didn't have the the cone that goes on top, and you've circled it there. Yeah. Is that correct? Right. All right. Correct. So do you contact him? Yes. So when I when I contact him, he, you know he goes through this whole rant of hey it's new unopened whatever. And at that point, again leading up to me going to get the box before we even made it, I asked him like five times on different occasions. So this is new unopened in, in, in many different ways, <laughs> you know, and just just to making sure I, I'm getting what I, 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 I wanted, you know, it's advertised the way he said it was. But, right. Once um, you tell him the part is missing, what does he say to you? Right. The first thing he says is, hey, he don't he something to the effect of he doesn't know what's going on because it's new, unopened, unsealed. He goes back to that story. Then at that point, I said, hey, man, you ain't got to keep saying that because I know it's not new, unopened, whatever. You know, I tell him that the pump is uh, the, the, that piece that goes with the pump is not there. Um, and what does he, he say? He says he'll order. At he, some point, he, he tells you, "All yes. right, I'll order a whole new piece." And right. he does. But, also but he what happens he, when that piece comes to your house? He tells me he'll order me a new piece, and he'll give me the actual other piece that I need. Like when you go to IKEA, they give you the tools that go with this stuff. Like he told he told me he'll give me the tools that's supposed to be in the box as well. So. So the base, I could kind of screw in and, and piece together with my hands, but the actual connecting the base to the rest of the chair, you need the wrench. So what happens? What does he send you? So basically, he ends up sending me the pump, but he didn't send me the piece that I needed. He sent me another one of the pieces that I already had. So essentially, he, he bought the actual, he, he got it mailed back to him. So it came in the mail, it came back to his house in the Bronx. So we made another appointment for me to go up there to the Bronx. I'm coming, I'm going to the Bronx from Brooklyn. So I had to like go through this whole process of borrow somebody's and we car. Know you know, how, taking... We know how people from New York City feel like going from <laughs> one borough to the other is traveling it's, it's another country you know, across <laughs> continents. Yeah. So we make an appointment on the 9th of December, the 9th or the 8th of December. We say, hey, okay, I'm going to come up there and get that from you. So the day we're supposed to meet, he doesn't respond to none of my texts or my calls or nothing. Like he's not responsive to me. So he, he like that day. So and I'm hitting him up, calling him. He's not picking up the phone. So now it's like. And did you drive the all the way day, to the other borough? No, I got the car. I had everything in place. It's like I had to borrow. I had to like make this appointment with other people to be able to do that. Like I couldn't just easily go. And like literally, he was like. Okay, so I have a question. I have, can I? Okay, yeah. but so let's move forward a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, he orders a new part for you, and it's the wrong part. What do you wrong tell part. him when you realize it's? And what do you tell him? You call him and you tell him that, or well, you text him? Well, at this him? point, so yeah, so but so then when the part comes in, at that point he he blocked me basically. So I, 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 okay. I, don't, I like, let me I, talk I to you, John. Okay, I, I got it. So you want okay. your money back? You've already bought a new chair. You don't want anything to do with this chair, and you want your money back. Well, at this at this point in time, I just wanted to do get my money back. You had your chair back. All right. that, he, he stopped responding to me, so... It, I got it. Hit, so, Joshua, like tell me what's chair. going on. How did you get this chair, jo Joshua? So, the chair was a uh, gift from my ex-wife, um, which... Ex-wife, and I, well, didn't want to use it. Emphas had, emphasis uh, on ex-wife? Okay. <laughs> right. And, um... So I had made a Craigslist, and I made a Facebook posting. I actually didn't know that he found me on Craigslist, because... Per his text, he said, oh, I, a friend told me that you had a chair for sale. Okay, either way, he buys a chair from you for $225, and as it turns yeah. out, a piece is missing. And he also has pictures 
of it being a little bit scratched up. So how is it brand new? Well, so it, it was literally in the box, never opened, completely sealed. Now the tape that he's referring to is the actual tape that they put around the box. It even still had the, when you when he tried to open it, the actual staple gun from the actual box being shut. But th there was not like multiple strands of tape like he's implying, like it was opened and everything. He asked right, well, me before he got According here, to him, two things are missing. The piece that goes on top of the base and the wrenches that are supposed to come with it when it's brand new. And he's missing both pieces, so how can it be brand new, never opened in that circumstance? I mean, maybe she bought a floor model. Is it possible <laughs> she bought a floor model stuff? Like, who knows? He opened it right out front in my, in my building. We opened it up. He looked at everything, and he made, he, you know, he made it, and, you, know, I, you know, he told me, I want to look at the chair. I said, okay, fine. So I opened the box in front of him. He pulls out the, the uh, back. He pulls out the seat. All the parts were there. He saw it himself. I even, I yeah, mean, but I guess... be, Okay, but hold on one second, Joshua. Like, I don't know that everyone would know every single part and be able, I mean, I know how I would do this. I would, I would look for the manual that says your box should include you know, one through 47. And I would make you was, stand there while I looked for every single piece. He didn't do that and you didn't do that, right? Well, he was he was more in a rush to leave than anything. He didn't really want to stay. He opened the box, looked through a couple of things. He actually pulled out the chair piece and then he gets home and then he sends me a text message saying that everything was scratched, it was used. He was annoyed about that, but you know what? He was re he he didn't care. He kind of didn't care if it was new. He just wants to be able to use it. I understand that. Hey, buyer beware, and you t you took it from my property and all that stuff. But if I believe him that the wrench is missing and that the piece is wrong, then you kind of have a problem because I, and and I don't. There's a guy who doesn't have a car but has to have a gaming chair. All right, so I know he really wants the gaming chair, so he wants it to work. He doesn't want to be missing yeah. a, a wrench, and he doesn't want to be missing the, 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 the pump, et cetera, et cetera. So you go online and you buy him what you think is the correct part. Well, he sent me, right? the, he sent me, the, he sent me the picture of what he needed, so I went and I got it for him. And I went, I went and I sent him the gas piston, and I sent him the Allen key. Now he's saying he never received the Allen key, which... No. He didn't receive the well, Allen key or the gas piston. Do you have proof of mailing of that and proof of purchase of that? I think they're on, on like, the just uh, prove text what messages you're saying. I sent. Yes. No, it says you on did. The... Yeah, you said you did it. but he, uh, you, So did you send three I separate packages? I sent him a packages? picture, I think, of the tracking number. Uh, Brian, what was it you received? I just received um, like the little, it was like a little pump thing. But I didn't need gas the piston. pump. I, got two, I had two of those. I needed the thing that goes over the pump. Like the thing that goes over the pump, like the little cone thing. That that red thing, that's the cone thing is what I needed. Yeah. He never sent me the Allen. And key. and you never got to, the to Allen be able key. To, no, so I couldn't even put the put the base to go with the rest of the chair without the Allen key. So I never got that. Here's the Here box. When the was open. this box photographed? <laughs> Josh, you photographed this box, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So these pictures, yeah, I'm seeing tape in places that uh, right. usually only happen that, when a box is opened. Yeah. Right. In one of the screenshots, there you go. That's the tracking and everything. So you see, he put the gas piston there. Is this picture on top? Is it what That's is that after right I sent there it. that I'm looking at? That's no, the gas is the actual... it's not. It, is that how he how you picked it up? It had this piece already, and what you needed was the cone that goes on top of it. Yes, yes, man, yes, your honor. Um, I needed the cone. Okay. The co again, the cone is important too. 
But again, me trying to call him throughout all these texts, like to, to be clear with things, he he wouldn't like he got lost in translation. He says you wouldn't actually, pick up the phone. Is that true that you wouldn't pick up the phone? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My iPhone did die for about two days. And then afterwards, he did get in contact right. with me. So how come when the okay. next one, the ninth, you say, hey, stop. you say, hey, Everybody my phone stop. Everybody stop. Okay. If you look at the eighth, if something is advertised, whoa, just a second. I'm sorry. If somebody sorry. advertises something as new and unopened, it ought to be new and unopened. Even you did not feel that you could just say, hey, that's new and unopened, and walk away. When he told you a part was missing, you ended up ordering the part. You send him the part, it's not the part he meant, and he's complaining that if you had just picked up the phone, everything would have been clear. But the bottom line is, if I buy something and it's supposed to be totally complete, then I buy it and it's supposed to be totally complete. So if the wrench is missing and if this other cone is missing, even no matter how minuscule the problem is, it's not like he was impatient. He tried to give you a chance to fix it. It didn't end up getting fixed. I'm ordering you to return the $225 verdict for the plaintiff and uh, the chair will be returned. Thank you. So, in effect, the whole deal is rescinded and the plaintiff will get his $225 back. Joshua, the uh, defendant, let me talk to you for a moment. What do you think about the judge's decision? If that's what she feels, then, you know, it was, it was her call. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I go with it. I mean, how, do you, how can you explain that we're missing parts if you say it was an unopened box? And yet you did it, order him a it, replacement part. It was an unopened box. When he received, when he came to my apartment, I brought the box outside. He opened it up in front of me. You explained Everything that. Everything was yeah, there. You did explain yeah. that. But I mean, why? Well, look, it's your your story against his, and uh, yeah. the judge found for him, and that's the way it is. Okay, you got to give the money yeah. back. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens, right? Thank you very much. All right, Brian. I assume you're happy with the verdict now. This is going to be all right. You're going to get yeah, your yeah. money back. Yes. Finally. I'm very happy with. What's so great about? What's so great about this chair, by the way? Tell me. Well, I'm by profession, I'm a, I'm a software engineer, so we work from home a lot. And you know, the most yeah. important thing about work from home, you want to have a comfortable chair. And they say gaming chairs are like one of the most comfortable chairs. So, you know, I'm, I'm like actually sitting in a gaming chair right now. I end up having to buy my own because you know, eventually I couldn't wait for this thing. So, you know, you want to be comfortable while you're working. You want ergonomical, uh, ergonomical chair. So, gaming chairs are said to be like the best. So that's why. <laughs> All right. Well, good for you. Thanks for that explanation. Congratulations. You get your money back. Okay. It was worth filing the lawsuit. All right. With that, let's uh, join Judge Millian and her husband, John, who is also a judge for another one of their fascinating after the verdict conversations. This case reminded me that there are two different kinds of people in the world. There's people like me who go up to the drive-thru 
They grab the bag, they pay the money, and they drive off, and they take it on faith that everything's in there. Yeah, that's people, you who gets the order like, wrong all the time. Right, and there's people like you uh -huh. who take the bag, do a complete inventory, check each burger to make sure it's <laughs> properly assembled, check all the condiments, make sure there's proper number of straws. That there's napkins, that there's utensils, right. that there's, right, right. yeah, so, salt. Yeah. Okay, and I guess if you're going to go all the way from the Bronx to Brooklyn... To Which is a chair. pilgrimage to New Yorkers. Right. <laughs> yeah, that maybe you ought to have a plan, and that may mean uh, either maybe not even waiting for him to produce the manual, but having the manual to know what all the parts are. But that's, you know, it's hard. Do you know much about gaming? I don't know the first thing about gaming. Oh, okay. We have three daughters, okay. so we right. have been spared that. Right. Apparently, it's a like, $200 billion industry. And I'm such a dinosaur that I like pinball, so. That's... Yes, you are a pinball <laughs> man. You're a simple man. That's what I like about you. No complication. Right? <laughs> Did you consider whether maybe uh, the guy sold the thing new in box and the company left out a part? I doubt it. Yeah, you know, how rare is that? Unlikely. I mean, I did consider maybe the defendant dropped the box and pieces fell out, but right. it was just But even just if they had left much. out a part, he's representing it as the new in-box. Yeah, so that wouldn't matter. But if the, if the plaintiff had lost pieces, yes, that would be on the plaintiff. Right. But what are the odds? I mean, this guy really wanted to get this gaming chair together. You, if you look at the tape in the advertisement from the defendant, if you look at the tape, the tape is on all four edges. Right. Um, and that's a little strange. And it looks homemade tape. Like, it's not totally flattened, you know, by machine. It was right. just kind of That would have made you suspicious. Yeah, it made me suspicious. <laughs> not it would have. It did make me suspicious at that point, so. Well, didn't turn out quite right for him. No. Wow, Tom, uh, sign of the times, right? Um, I will tell you this, that if you are allowed to have a firearm in your home, uh, you don't have to tell the landlord that you have one unless there is something in the lease that specifically says either that you can't have firearms or that if you get one, you have to notify the landlord. And that will do it for this case. Litigants, for the next case on the way into the courtroom, right now. This is the plaintiff, Gary Coddington. He says he owns a five-bedroom house and rents out rooms to fellow military vets to help them out because he served in the past. He rented a room to the defendant, a young kid who was in the Navy, and he soon fell behind on his weekly payments. Turns out the defendant was nothing but troubled. He got kicked out of the Navy for stealing. He evicted him and is now suing him for the $845 he's owed in unpaid rent and damages. This is the defendant, Gennady. He says he did fall a little behind on his rent, but he worked out a deal with the plaintiff that he'd do odd jobs to make up for the shortfall. He cleaned out the guy's storage unit, changed his oil and timing belt, and fixed his truck. Plus, did a lot of work for the plaintiff. And now, he's turning on him and suing him? Some people. He's accused of a terrible tenancy. All parties, please hit your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, 
The plaintiff rented a room in his house to a fellow military vet, says the guy was a nightmare, and skipped out without paying all the rent. Now, the defendant saying he did a bunch of odd jobs, so they're fair and square. It's the case of I am not at ease. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Okay, Mr. Coddington, you are suing one of your, I guess, former tenants, Mr. Gennady, for $845 that you say he owes you in damages that he left at the place, plus some uh, rent that he didn't pay. Talk to me. You have a house with several bedrooms and you rent them out, right? Yes. And who do you typically rent them out to? Well, I like to uh, rent out to military uh, people. Uh, I was in the service myself, but uh, I try to keep uh, keep everybody at a family uh, pitch. And if they don't work out, then I try to get them out of here as soon as possible. So what happens that goes wrong with this defendant? He ends up in a fight with one of the other tenants? Yes. What happens? Tell me about the fight. Well, they, they were having a verbal uh, uh, fight to start with. And uh, next thing I know, uh, uh, they they were both under the weather, uh, both been drinking. And uh, next thing I know, why the cops were called. And uh, it seems that Gennady had called uh, the sheriff's office and uh, and he, uh, he went rushing out of the house to and flipped a couple chairs in front of me and went on out and talked to them out in front of the house. And uh, Okay, what do you mean flipped a couple of chairs? He blocked my uh, my exit. Uh, I was going to follow him and because I saw the lights of the, of the cop cars. And he flipped uh, two chairs down in front of me and then ran out the, the front door. What do you mean by flip? You're yeah. suing for the chairs. Did he damage the chairs? He damaged one chair, yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't see a picture of a damaged chair in evidence. Do you have any proof of the damaged chairs? I'm sitting on it. I fixed it. Okay, but why are you, you suing for $70 for it? Oh, it's how long it took me to fix it. That's how long it took you to fix it? There also there was another chair involved in his bedroom. He burned up the uh, a, uh, recliner. And he also burned up the rug in the, in his bedroom. So. It, okay. Let, what is the chair you're suing for? The ones that he toppled over? I'm suing. I'm suing him for the whole package, everything, all the damage. Well, all you listed was the chair that he toppled over. Do you have any evidence of paying seventy dollars to repair a chair? That was the yes. It was time and material on that on this, and uh, that's how long it took me to. May fix I see it. the proof of it? May I see a picture of a broken chair or proof that you paid seventy dollars to fix it? Either one. I just need proof of the broken chair. Do you have any? No, I repaired it. No, I I can flip the chair okay. over and show I you where it. the repair on it. Okay. Um. Well, let me ask you this. Uh. So there's a big fight. It's the 21st of December. He flips the chairs. He goes out and talks to the police. Do you go out and talk to the police as well? No, I stopped at the door. And he was out at the curb talking to the uh, sheriffs. And uh, I went to my room and I, I just had it. And I uh, hand wrote, wrote a... Uh, a notice to quit? Uh, eviction notice. An eviction yeah. notice. Came back in and put it on his door. So I went back to, I went to my room and uh, next thing I know, I heard a lot of noise and pounding. I got up, came back out and Gennady was pounding on uh, one of the tenant's doors and he smashed his fist into the door and this I okay. saw. And then when he saw and Well, this me you actually also him, took a picture of. 
I have some pictures yeah. of that where you can see that he damaged it. Right next to where that wheel is, there's like a knuckle that went in, not a fist, a knuckle, right? Right. Is that what you're referring to? Okay. Yes. And uh, this is the other tenant's door? Yes. All right. Now, what are these pictures of? Oh, that, uh, that's the other door, the outside door the, to, the, uh, to that tenant. All right. And did and he damage some that some way? Yeah, he went outside after he saw me watching him. He went outside and came around to the outside door and uh, was uh, pounding on that and uh, did some damage to it. And Where's the damage on that door? Do you have pictures that show the damage to that door? No, I don't I don't have a oh. picture of it all. Uh, it didn't turn out. Okay. So did yeah. he get mad when you gave him notice? How did he react when you gave him notice? Uh... Well, at first, uh, uh, the, the notice, uh, uh, Pat turned around and called the sheriff then, the next thing. And then the sheriffs came back, and he ran in his bedroom and started stripping. And uh, the, the one sheriff stayed uh, outside of his door, his bedroom door, and the one sheriff went into the his room, and they were talking. And the sheriff that uh, was outside his room told me, you got to get rid of him. And I said, uh, you're, you're darn right. And uh, so the cops were, and they said if they were going to come back one more time, they were going to lock us all up. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's cop talk for don't bother me anymore. I don't want to do my job. Okay. Let me ask you uh, a question, <laughs> Gennady. What happened? Apparently, you got a little toasted and you got into a fight with one of the other tenants. What happened? Uh, yes, Your Honor. We were actually discussing about the present issue at hand, which is. Did I pay back High Noon or Gary uh, through working these odd jobs or not? And um, one of the tenants was worried that they themselves would lose uh, the the roof under their feet, uh, under their heads, if um, I were to go and take further recourse, which is this right here. Um, I can't hear. And I told him I was. I said this is not between you and me. This is between me and the landlord, which is Gary right there. Um, and he just couldn't understand that. It seemed like he was pretty selfish. Uh, and I told him, I was like, please, I told you, I just want to stop talking about yeah. this. And it just escalated from there. And he just kept on pushing and I kept on saying, stop, just leave me alone in regards to this situation. Can we just please chill, have fun, have a few brews, listen to some Leonard Skinner and call it a day. And, um, no, you know, I, I, you know, I get it. You know, if I was in the other tenant's shoes, you know, I'd be... You know, making sure that I have a roof over my head too, but um, we, meaning we were both because what? Because you had supposedly at that point you owed back rent, but your your theory on it was that you had been hired to do work around it, so you had worked off the rent. But Gary's theory was, oh no, you owe me rent. Is that correct? I have also been paying more than what the average weekly rent was on top of those odd jobs. Once I finally got my job back. Uh, to help, you know, offset some of those costs that are coming in, you know. So on top of the jobs that I did within that time where I wasn't working with, encompassed with um, uh, giving extra money towards, uh, not instead of just the rent, but more than that, uh, to pay off some of those fees, I feel like, yes, I have uh, paid off what whatever dues I was owed. It was like three weeks. You All know, right, so uh, you have receipts, correct? You you get the yellow carbon of the rent receipt, correct? Yes, ma'am. 
And Gary, you keep, when you write a receipt to a tenant, you keep the white copy, correct? Yeah, I keep the, the original uh, white copy uh, and the uh, tenant okay. gets the so yellow copy. So here's what I did in preparation for the case. I took all of the white copies and I took all of the yellow copies and I tallied it all out throughout March until you exited. He exited when? December? 28th, I got down here all my that. paperwork. 28. And when I do that, I do find that you're still short, you see? So if your answer is, oh, judge, I don't have to pay the amount I'm short. The, the amount I find you to be short is $740. Now, if your answer is, but judge, I don't have to pay that because I did odd jobs around the house, watch this. Did you ever tell him that he could work off the rent, yes or no? I told him that uh, when I had some work that uh, I would give him, uh, I would take it off the rent. I did not tell him that it would uh, he could wipe off his uh, his rent by uh, working. He, uh, he I don't know a, what the difference uh, is between those two things. Did you ever give him any work to do, and did he do any work? He did a half a day's work, and I gave him credit for it and reduced his rent. How much credit did you give him for the half a day's work? Uh, I was would uh, figure out the four uh, four hours of forty bucks. I subtract ten dollars an hour off of the uh, off the rent. Where did you do that? Where did you do that in your math in your handwritten notes that you gave the court about what it is you're suing for? Where did you do that in your math? It's it's in there. I I can't pinpoint it. It's not. Um, so hours, and do you claim that you worked one. more than the forty dollars? Yes, I do. Definitely. How are you going to prove it? Definitely. Okay, so, Gary, did we not go on top of the house together and help you seal up your roof? How about that? Or going through your truck and making sure your timing belt was good, your oil was changed, and helping you with that for... That alone took half a day. That was one job. Or how about the... Organizing the shed in the back? Uh, that, that also was half a day. That was on a Sunday. Um, anything like that, ring a bell. Gennady, why don't you get this stuff in writing? Why don't you have him, what, the day that you spend half a day organizing the shed, why don't you have him write down that he's giving you credit for the rent and keep it as a receipt? Because that's how we end up in the swearing match right now. What You're say right, you to what have, Gennady you know? was just saying about all the other work he says he did? He was up there with me a, on the roof. This other work. Uh, I, uh, I don't recall him working on my Ford at all, uh, to tell you the truth. And, uh, it wasn't your Ford. What about organizing the shed Suzuki. or being? He yeah, says he organizing worked on a Suzuki. the shed. Uh, he did that, and that's where he spent about a half a day there. Or painting the okay. According uh, to him, he also driveway. Okay, Gennady, stop talking, Mr. Gennady. I'm, just stop talking. He also says that he was on your roof helping you seal your roof. Did he do that? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, to tell you the truth. Okay, and he I also says that he organized. There, but I don't think it was him. Okay, he also says that he organized, uh, no, he worked on your Suzuki on the belt, uh, uh, a belt on your Suzuki, that he worked on your Suzuki. Does that ring a bell? No. Okay. Your truck, um, the green truck that I painted. I have neighbors. You painted your a truck? Helped them paint it and all. It's the same color paint as the, the driveway that I painted The neighbors painted it or you painted him. it? No, I painted oh. it, neighbors saw it, and they also saw me painting his driveway. So you, you're going to forget about witnesses? that one too? Are they here as witnesses? Okay. No. Do you remember him working on your driveway? Yes, he did uh, help paint on the driveway 
And uh, I'm sure I gave him credit for uh, anything he did over the You, know, you say that, above. but I got to tell you, Gary, I'm looking at all these records and your math, and I don't see where you gave him credit for any of that. Um, but that's, you know, it's on you, because if you work and you expect to get credit for it, then you should be getting proof of it so that we don't have this contest we're having now. All right. You also have a security deposit on that side, right? Like a $400. Do you have a security deposit that he has? Well, he still has it, but security. it was like... Gennady, how much was the security deposit? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was like $400 or something like that. Does that sound right, Mr. Coddington? That it's $400 yes, security it deposit? Yeah. All yes. Right. When I do the math on the rentals, I find you to be $740 short. When we subtract the security deposit that he kept, I find you to be $340 short. When I hear the banter back and forth between you guys about work you did, work you did that he forgot, oh, I'm sure I accounted for it. He doesn't account for it here. So I'm going to have to do a little rough justice now and try to figure out what you should be credited from the stuff he does admit that you did work. And this is really on you that if you don't get full credit because you didn't get any proof of having done it. Your Honor. I'm going to reduce the amount by another $100 for the work, and that amounts to $240. But you damaged the door, and that amounts to another 100 And therefore, I'm going to order you to pay the plaintiff the sum of $340. I don't see any pictures that show any, anything about cleaning. I don't see any pictures or proof of a damaged chair. So that's the amount I'm awarding, $340 that the defendant has to pay the plaintiff. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff prevails. He gets $340. Let's talk to the defendant, see how he feels about this. Mr. Gennady, what's your reaction to the judge's decision? $340, you got to give him back. It's, it seems fair for what can be proven. So um, I guess that's what I have to deal with, and I'll just go from there. Uh, but you question, really how, no choice. how do that's, I pay this? Well, that's like, up to is you. It through the court? <laughs> that's something I, you got to figure like, out. Basically, okay, gotcha. Sweet. Okay. You you find out a way to get the money to him. Three hundred and forty dollars. That's Sorry, the judgment against you, Mr. Coddington. Let me talk to you for a moment. You were suing for you know eight almost eight hundred fifty dollars, eight hundred forty-five dollars. You're not getting anywhere near that, even less than half. What do you think? Well, he had a, he left a lot of damages in his room, and I tried to bring that up, but I was cut off, and uh, he burned up a chair. There was a uh, recliner. He burned up the rug. And uh, you burn up some of the furniture, which I did repairs on. Well, you know, you should have had pictures of that to show the judge. It sounds like sometimes you get people in there uh, that really you really shouldn't have brought in the first place. He was probably one of them, right? You're absolutely right. Thank you very much. Well, congratulations. Okay. Well, you do win. So the People's Court is going to order that, $340. Now, that wraps up this case. Let us rejoin Judge Millian now. She's with her husband, Judge John, and uh, we'll have another session of After the Verdict. This was uh, a landlord-tenant case, and you referred to it at one point when you were talking about your judgment as a swearing contest. And so often as judges, that's what we see. We see one person on one side of the courtroom looking at you earnestly and honestly and saying, this is what happened. Somebody on the other side saying, no, this is what happened. But what you're looking for to sort it out is corroboration. Am I right? Yes. And I, I remember you just reminded me of a moment very early in my career in front of uh, 
the wonderful judge Mario Goderich, uh -huh. who was one of my mentors, who just was so frustrated because I was arguing something, the defense lawyer was arguing something, then I would argue, and he just said, oh, you people are always arguing and putting me in the middle. And I just <laughs> burst out laughing. I go, yeah, that's kind of your job, judge. And right. we all, the whole courtroom was, was uh, cracking up. Because that happens, you know, like that's exactly what the job of a judge is, to try to figure out, sort it through, and figure out exactly who's telling the truth about stuff. Of course. But, you know, since there's a standard of proof, when the plaintiff comes in and says, he burned, first of all, he wasn't even suing for a burned recliner. That never came up until now, okay? And you can't do that. You have to sue for everything you want to talk about in court. The proof you can't has just, to conform to the pleadings. To the pleadings. The, and right. so his pleadings never mentioned a burnt recliner. This is the first time he brings it up. And a judge has the authority to amend the pleadings to conform to the proof. But you can't just start bringing in the kitchen sink now because it sounds like you're going to lose on the stuff you did sue for. But you saw corroboration. When we say corroboration, we mean independent verification by a photograph, by other testimony, by a right. record. And he something. didn't have any pictures of a rug or any proof of the burnt chair or any proof of the damaged chair that he fixed or any, you know, there were things he, he was whining about that he really didn't have the proof of that they actually cost $70 to fix. But when he showed you a knuckle hole in the door. A knuckle door, hole is good proof um, that he's going to have to replace that door. And, you know, and, uh, and actually, I have to tell you that in most of these uh, rooming house cases, very few of them actually give receipts and get receipts. Right. So that actually really did work out that I had all of these copies of receipts from both the plaintiff and the defendant. It took right. some time to sit there and, you know, collate them and figure out the defendant had some, the plaintiff didn't have, the plaintiff had some, the defendant didn't right. have. But we sat down, we looked at everything, and that's like the homework a judge does before they they uh, preside over a case and kind of figured it out and, and figured out how much money was left over. The real hook here, though, the problem that the defendant had is that when he expends personal sweat, he should be getting a receipt, too. Right, right, and that's the only way to account for it. If you've right. done the work, uh, you need a receipt just like handing over cash. Right. Right? Right. There you have it. Yanni, it's hard to believe, but the first round with People's Court with Judge Wapner was 12 years. We are in season 24 with Judge Millian this time around, 36. 36 years of people's court. We've done 15,000 cases. And what's remarkable about it is that I've been around the whole time and I'm only like 34 years old. We'll see you next time.